Good morning, CBF, and greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. It's been about 200 plus days since we've started facing the pandemic. We've been through some tough times, no doubt, some tough situations, but the Lord has been gracious and kind. How are you all doing? I hope that the online classes for you, dear children, work from home for those of us who are in the secular field and even for those who have to go to their offices, online meetings and Bible studies for us full-time workers. I hope that it's all going well. For those of you who are still looking for jobs, for those of you who might be physically unwell, fathers and mothers-to-be, for those of you who are waiting to get married, as a church, we are praying for you. And we want you to know that the Lord in His time will bring out the best for you. So be patient as you wait upon the Lord. Last week, we were encouraged from the book of James chapter 1 verses 2 to 8. And we learned as to how trials in our lives are inevitable, but trials are also purposeful. We continue our study through the book of 1 Corinthians in the Resurrection series. We are in chapter 15. And in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians verses 12 to 19, we saw the negative consequences of not believing in the resurrection. From verses 20 to 23, we learned about the positive results of the resurrection, of believing in the resurrection. And today... We are looking at verses 23 again to 28 and we will see three things that is to happen as a result of the resurrection of Christ. Three things that is to happen as a result of the resurrection of Christ. So let me read for you as you follow along with me. Please turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 23 to 28. This is what the word of God says. But each in his own turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be all in all. Three things that is to happen as a result of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to me carefully. Firstly, the resurrected Christ will return soon. The resurrected Christ will return soon. Let me read for you verse 23 again. But each in his own turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. The term when he comes refers to the rapture. And those who belong to him refers to the church. Christ promises to return for his church. 
Now this incident of Christ coming back into this world to come back again for the church, to receive the church and take the church to be with him is what we describe as the rapture, the rapture of the church. This is not the first passage where we see this promise of Christ's return for the church. We see this promise in the Gospels also. In John's Gospel chapter 14 verses 2 to 4, Jesus says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. So you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Not only that, in John's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 24, Jesus says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. Now, when will this take place? When will the rapture take place? Honestly, I really don't know. But it can happen at any moment. That's what the Bible says about the rapture. How will this take place? Paul explains this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 52 in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. That means the time that you and I take to blink our eye is all the time that is needed for the rapture of the church to take place. So you and I must be ready and prepared at all points in time. Why? Because the resurrected Christ will return soon. You know, when Apostle Paul teaches that Christ will return for the church, listen to me carefully. Apostle Paul is not talking about membership. He's not talking about Christ returning for those who are members of the church. No, well, I'm a member. My name is on the membership list or the book. I had the elder talk, so I get to go to heaven. No, that's what Apostle Paul is saying. Apostle Paul is not talking about attendance. I am regular to this local church. I go to that local church. I participate in the local studies. I even contribute every week so I get to go to heaven. No. The only way for anyone to be part of the rapture is through salvation. Salvation is the only way. You must be born again. Acts chapter 10 verses 43 says, Acts chapter 10 verses 43, All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Well, that means when a person becomes born again, the person is born again because of the forgiveness of sins through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when a person becomes born again by the forgiveness of his sins, he or she must fellowship with other born-again believers and the collective group of born-again believers are those that is referred to as the church. So put all of this together. Christ returns for born-again believers, the church, at the time of the rapture. But Jobin, I am born again. Is it important since I am born again to, to have fellowship with other born-again believers? Oh, yes. Like I said, a collective group of born-again believers is who we refer to as the church. Well, it is true that you can be happy with yourself. But God's intention with the church is we find joy and fellowship, 
not only with ourselves but also with one another that's how a coal keeps itself warm by being in fellowship with other coals what happens to born again believers after the rapture now the rapture takes place you and i in the twinkling of an eye we are together but what happens after the rapture we will all stand at the judgment seat of christ which in the scriptures is also referred to as the bema judgment we will all stand after the rapture together at the bema judgment now listen to this second corinthians chapter 5 and verses 10 second corinthians chapter 5 and verses 10 for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ that each one may receive what is due to him for the things done in the body whether good or bad Paul is not talking about the judgment of our sins because the finished work of Christ on the cross has taken care of it all. Praise the Lord. It's not it's not uh, taking care of our sins again because Jesus has done it on the cross. But it is more of an evaluation of our works because we are born again. I hope you understood that. It is more of an evaluation of our works because we are born again. Now some examples of this kind of an evaluation that would take place on the bema judgment after the rapture would be like this how faithful were we in proclaiming the great commission how faithful were you and i to share the gospel of the lord jesus christ because the gospel saved me how faithful were we in sharing the gospel how fruitful have you and i been in exercising our spiritual gifts well in calvary bible fellowship i'm sure god is going to say you as a church learned spiritual gifts in first corinthians chapter 11 and 12 what did you do on the basis of that how faithful were you in exercising the gift job in you most of all because you taught that passage how fully have we rejoiced in the trials that we faced during our earthly lives how faithful in obeying the great commission how fruitful in exercising our spiritual gifts how fully we have rejoiced in the trials that we have faced maybe some of us are thinking right now well i now realize that it's not just sufficient for me to be born again i must pursue fellowship with other born again believers that's right calvary bible fellowship has created ample opportunities for you to fellowship not only on sunday but during the week but are you making use of that calvary bible fellowship has also created opportunities for you to faithfully proclaim the great commission it has created opportunities for you to fruitfully exercise your spiritual gifts calvary bible fellowship offers us biblical teaching to teach us to fully rejoice in the trials that we go through and therefore i want to encourage and remind all of us this per- this perspective on the imminent rapture of the church the judgment seat of christ should motivate us to be faithful fruitful and fully rejoice in whatever the lord has entrusted us to do today why should we be faithful fruitful and fully rejoice because the resurrected with uh, resurrected christ will return very soon secondly the resurrected christ will remove death not only the resurrected christ will return soon but the resurrected christ will remove 
death. Look at what it says in verses 24 to 26. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Sorry. There is a difference between when he comes and the end will come. It's not talking about the same thing. The end will come refers to the ultimate end. The end of all time. Or as the worst suggests, look at that verse. When he, Christ, hands over the kingdom to God the Father. Now this is only after he has destroyed all dominion, authority and power. What does Christ mean by destroying all dominion, authority and power? He's not talking about his dominion, his authority and his power. And what does he mean? Well, let me explain. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 3. Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 3. Now the word of God reads like this. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Look at what that verse says. To God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ be all praise, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. Every spiritual blessing refers to spiritual enrichment that is needed for our spiritual growth in our spiritual lives. It's talking about spiritual enrichments. In the heavenly realms, in that verse, is talking about blessings that are spiritual, not material. Blessings that are heavenly, not earthly. Blessings that are eternal, not temporary. Christ wants us to enjoy spiritual blessings, spiritual enrichments that we need for our spiritual lives. Now, what are some examples of that? Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Examples of spiritual enrichments would be to live a holy, blameless life. Verses 4. Christ desires that you and I will live holy, blameless lives. You and I would enjoy the forgiveness of sin. Verses 7. You and I would understand the mystery of God's will. Verses 9. These are few examples we in Ephesians chapter 1. Christ gives us these spiritual enrichments so that we might enjoy an intimate relationship, grow in intimacy with our in our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. That's what Ephesians chapter 1 says. Now you keep that in your mind and you turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power, powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So Satan and our fleshly desire tries to rob us of these spiritual enrichments. You get that? Jesus Christ wants us to enjoy it, but because we live in the present dominion, authority and power of the evil one, Satan and our flesh tries to rob us of these spiritual enrichments. How? Probably through temptations, tempting us to doubt God's character and God's goodness. Well, God says the forgiveness of sin, but can I truly be forgiven? 
Can God truly love a wretched sinner like me? These are temptations that can come in our life. Probably through confusion, making us take our eyes away from Jesus Christ and look at the storm and the wind. Like Peter, as long as he was looking at the storm, he could walk on water. The moment he took his eyes off Jesus Christ, he began to sink. Probably it is when we face trials in our lives, it is that we find it difficult to be joyful, but to complain and to bring chaos into our lives. When trials are given to us by God to draw closer to him, Satan and our flesh allows these things to come into our lives, to take our focus away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't this the reason that death is very, very painful for us. Well, because of confusion, because of the lack of faith, or because of sin in our lives, death came into this world as a result of sin. And when when death comes, when we are separated from our loved ones, it is very painful for us. Isn't that true? We have had to say painful goodbye goodbyes recently to our loved ones because of the consequence of sin which is death. As born-again believers, we can overcome the attack of the evil one, our flesh, by putting on the armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6. But not only that, by also believing that Jesus will ultimately destroy all dominion, authority and power of the evil one at the ultimate end. Jesus will remove at the ultimate end all consequences of sin, one of them being death. But what good is that for me, Jobin, during my present trial, during my present difficulty and during my present suffering? Jesus promises us victory over those things even today. John's Gospel, chapter 16, verses 33. Liju read this verse last week during his sermon. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. 1 John chapter 4, verses 4. You, dear children, are from God and overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Firstly, the resurrected Christ will return soon. Secondly, the resurrected Christ will remove death. Thirdly, the resurrected Christ will reign supreme. The resurrected Christ will reign supreme. Verses 27 to 28. For he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be in all in all. The Lord Jesus Christ reigns today through the power and might of the Heavenly Father. The Lord Jesus Christ reveals himself through the power and the might of the Heavenly Father. But look at what the verse says. Why did God the Father put everything under the feet of Jesus? Why did God the Father do that? It is because Jesus Christ lived in total submission and obedience to the Father. The Lord Jesus Christ at all times lived in total submission and obedience to the Heavenly Father. Let me say it like this. Christ's obedience 
resulted in the father's exaltation of him because christ submitted himself because christ obeyed the heavenly father the father then therefore exalted him remember how paul explains this in philippians chapter 2 and verses 8 philippians 2 and verses 8 says he christ humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross therefore god exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that jesus is lord to the glory of god the father keep this in your mind when will every knee bow and when will every tongue confess at the ultimate end in the future when the exalted savior will occupy the whole universe and will all will bow down in acknowledgement of who jesus really is but sadly it will be too late for some so you see christ lived in total submission and obedience to the heavenly father and therefore god the father exalted him put everything under his feet but that's not the only truth that we see there's another beautiful truth about christ the only objective of christ is to bring glory to the father that's what i said philippians chapter 2 and verses 8 and the last part this is what the last part says to the glory of god the father why did christ why did christ live a life of obedience why did he submit himself why did he why did he come into this world because christ is willing to do anything that would bring glory to the name of the heavenly father you know this should also be the objective of calvary bible fellowship this should be our personal goal this should be our daily desire to bring glory to the name of the heavenly father to bring glory to the name of the heavenly father did it we study in first corinthians chapter 10 and verses 31 so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of god christ did that christ does that even today calvary bible fellowship i want to encourage us all to do all that we can for the glory of god how do i glorify god today by entering into a relationship with the father through the finished work of the lord jesus christ if there is any of you who have not yet accepted the lord jesus christ confess your sins believe that jesus died on the cross for your sin and become a child of god that brings glory to god well if you are a child of god enjoy this relationship intimately through the daily reading of god's word through prayer worship and mutual edification and fellowship remember what i told you earlier born again believers must fellowship with other born again believers when you and i engage in fellowship it puts a smile in the face of god when we love one another we bring glory to god by looking forward waiting in anticipation and living our lives in the light of his coming if jesus is coming very soon i will be prepared at every moment my perspective will not be earthly it will be heavenly and while i wait for his coming it is by being faithful in whatever the lord has entrusted to me to do today whatever the lord has asked me to do i will be faithful in what i do so therefore calvary bible fellowship study well work hard 
Minister faithfully. Patiently wait on the Lord. Talk to others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Love one another. Be obedient children. Pursue purity. Be godly parents. Be godly grandparents. Be loving husbands. Be submissive wives. Let us be a church that is the salt and the light of this world. Why? The resurrected Christ will return soon. The resurrected Christ will remove death. And the resurrected Christ will reign supreme. May these, word, these words guard and comfort our hearts. Let me close with a story. Last year I had travelled to Bombay to attend a camp. One of the speakers who was going to come for the camp was from Trivandrum. He had booked a flight from Trivandrum to Bombay. One of the leaders of the camp was given the assignment to pick up the speaker when he reaches the Bombay airport. So you know what this leader did? He called up the speaker and he said, I will pick you up. So the speaker naturally thought and said, okay, I'll see you at the Bombay airport. I'll take a flight from Trivandrum and I'll see you at the Bombay airport. So the leader said, no, 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 I will see you at Trivandrum. The speaker was confused. And then the leader of the camp said like this, I'm a pilot. I fly planes. And, what I, and when I got to know that I was going to pick you up, I rearranged my schedule and I took a flight. Bombay, Trivandrum, Trivandrum, Bombay. So I just want to let you know that I will be flying the plane that you will ultimately take to fly back from, to, to fly from Trivandrum to Bombay. Beautiful, right? So when the speaker landed and when we met at the camp, he was telling me, Jobin, I can't express to you the joy that I felt. He was saying when I was sitting at the Trivandrum terminal, my heart was full of joy and excitement that I could not even look at my phone, read the newspaper or read anything. I kept my eyes gazed on that terminal door. Why? Because there was this brother who I did not know before, but now I'm getting to know who's coming all the way just to pick me up. And the moment they met each other, there was this beautiful fellowship and they had a beautiful time when they flew back from Trivandrum to Bombay. He also said that Jobin had gave him a picture of the rapture. And isn't that true for you and for me, born again brothers and sisters? Someone that we did not know before, but now because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus is coming back into this world. Why? He comes back because he loves me. He wants me to be with him in heaven. And therefore, I am excited. I am anticipating the coming of the Lord Jesus back into this world. So let us, in the light of what we heard today, because the resurrected Christ will return soon, when he comes, ultimately at the end, he will remove death. Not only that, I want all of us to keep in our minds ultimately what the Lord is going to do when we are with Him. And may these words guard our hearts and our minds to look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. May God's name be glorified. <laughs> 